0: The Truth News Network
1: If today were a science fiction movie, you'd be shaking your head at the news. Today, Huxley reads like a prophecy. Orwell's saying, I told you so's from the grave. And the ghost of Ayn Rand weeps in the dark. None of it makes any sense. For the people have had it. Now before you reach for revolution, take a deep breath. And put in a few moments identifying fact from science fiction. And for that clarity, you need the truth. You need TNN. The Truth
0: News Network. And Dan Newman. I don't know about clarity on all this stuff. I don't know that we can kind of look into it and maybe figure out what's being hidden in the darkness. Hmm. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a new week, brand new week of Monday, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you had a wonderful Super Bowl weekend, and boy, I tell you what. It almost came right down to the final play of the game. In fact, it did pretty much. Kansas City defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57. It was played on a sketchy field out in uh, Arizona, their, their wonderful facility out there, their stadium. And I don't know if you're familiar with the way that thing was done. It was, it was the first place. In fact, I think it's the only place that when they built it, they created a scenario where the field, the 100-yard fields and end zones, that's actual grass. They plant the grass. Now, the weather's usually pretty good, lots of sunshine in Phoenix, Arizona. So they wanted to use natural uh, natural grass. So they did. But what that thing does is the whole field is on a roller system. And during the week, they roll that whole field out, and it sits there in the sunshine. And what's better for grass to grow than sunshine, right? And then when there's a game, they push a button. I've watched it. That field just very quietly rolls back into the arena, and bam, you've got natural grass. Every football player, by the way, when it comes down to it, would rather play on natural grass than on any type of artificial turf. Now, here's the problem. That grass on that field apparently had been planted not at the beginning of this the season, but sometimes during the season it was replanted. And that turf just popped up when you put your cleated shoe down to make a cut on a pass route or to push against uh, an opponent you're tackling. They were falling down left and right. A bunch of them changed shoes and put on shoes with longer cleats to try to help out. All that being said, it was still a wonderful game. Philadelphia was a favorite, but only by a point and a half. And so it came right down on the wire. I mean, for fans that love NFL football, that was a game that everybody had to love. But I tell you what. While football was going on, that's going to be our last football. I know there's the XFL that's coming down later this month. I believe they start their season. We'll get into that at a later time. That's a different brand of football. It's brand new, and the Hulk is involved in it. So we'll be bringing you that news. But right now, let's move on to some really important stuff. i got to be honest with you. I'm worried about our administration. I'm worried about our governor. Government across the board. I'm worried about our president. We're seeing something happen that is the first for the United States. These quote-unquote objects that have just started appearing. And, of course, we've shot them out of the sky. And we don't know what they are. Speculation runs rampant. And it's killing everybody not to know what that really is that they're shooting out of the sky. Now, we only know about one, that very first one, that President Biden let just cross the nation, stopping and taking pictures of military bases in our largest nuclear missile field. And then we waited till it got off the coast of South Carolina. We shot it down. It's still underwater. It's on the bottom. Bad weather. They hadn't been able to get it out. We hear it is a monstrous uh, whatever it was hanging underneath that balloon. But we don't know anything. We know nothing. And this is very disturbing to me. We're going to start the show in just a moment. We're going to start the show with, Some people that supposedly know a little bit about what's going on there. And Maria Bartiromo will be up next. And she's going to give us the little inside scoop, and she's got a gentleman with her. He's going to tell you what that's all about. But before we get started, how about a little good music? How about Carol King? You remember her? She wrote this song, but then she wrote... You've got a friend, and her buddy James Taylor made it famous. Listen to this. of you who tuned in a little bit late yeah that was a live song carol king and uh she wrote that song she also wrote one of the biggest songs of the 70s you've got a friend remember that james taylor he made it famous well she wrote that song they're best friends in fact you just heard one song off an album that they both did together and it is an amazing album i'm a musician and I know we have several people. If you turn, uh, tune in late, you may be one of them. But James Posey, uh, one of our everyday regular listeners at his office, he's a great drummer. I know he likes that kind of music where you get the uh, the live stuff that you don't necessarily get when they go into the studio and they cut a song. And then they start doing all of the stuff, adding in the things it's hard to reproduce, by the way, the sound of inside a studio live. Carol King, well, when it's just her, she sits at a piano. She's got a guitar player, a bass player, and her, you can hear the original stuff. Anyway, thank you for being here today. You just signed in late. We started the morning talking about what happened over the weekend. Do you realize our government shot down three? More of those objects they're calling them over the weekend? Yep. Our military yesterday, right after noon, my time, they shot down one of those identified flying objects, this one over Michigan, uh, Lake Huron. That's the fourth military shootdown in eight days. One congressional aide told the Wall Street Journal that object over Lake Huron was octagon-shaped. I started thinking about that when I heard that, octagon. What kind of object would be flying over Lake Huron above Michigan that would be octagon-shaped? Representative Jack Bergman, a Republican from Michigan, he tweeted this. I've been in contact with the Defense Department regarding operations across the Great Lake region today. The U.S. military has decommissioned I don't know if shooting an object down with a missile is decommissioning it, but anyway, that's what happened. He said, I appreciate the decisive action by our fighter pilots. The American people deserve far more answers than we have. Another rep, Alyssa Slotkin, a Democrat from Michigan, she tweeted, just got a call from Department of Defense, our military has an extremely close eye on the object above Lake Huron. We'll know more about what this was in the coming days, but for now, be assured that all parties have been laser-focused on it from the moment it traversed our waters. Now, this one came after we shot down an object violating Canadian airspace on Saturday. That was the day after... The U.S. military shot down another object that entered U.S. airspace over Alaska. On Friday, eight days after the U.S. military shot down a Chinese spy balloon, the one I told you about, over the Atlantic Ocean, that happened a week ago, Saturday, February 4th. The government hasn't told us squat. And i got to be honest with you, this really bothers me a lot. You know, when you are president of the United States, the number one job that you have is to keep the people of the United States safe, making sure that, first of all, you take all the resources that have been given to you as the commander in chief, you've got unlimited resources to make sure that we're taken care of. But there's more that goes along with that than just blowing a few objects out of the air. Tell the American people what's going on. Fear is everywhere in the U.S. Why? Because of the unknown. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think? Do you think they don't know and that they're just not maybe wanting to tell us because it'll make them look bad? Or do they know something and they're not telling us about it? Maria Bartiromo, on her Sunday show, she had a congressman on. She had another one this morning. And uh, here's Maria figuring out, just like you and I are, what the heck is going on with this.
2: How would you assess Joe Biden's response to the Communist Party of China's provocations?
1: Uh, I I think it is, um,
3: it's betraying the nation.
2: Betraying the nation from Texas Congressman and Chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Michael McCall, he joined me on Sunday Morning Futures yesterday. Lawmakers are now calling for maximum transparency from the Biden administration after the U.S. military shot down three unidentified flying objects over this weekend. That's four in the past two weeks. Meanwhile, this morning we have breaking news. The White House is denying China's new claim that the U.S. has flown 10 balloons over Chinese airspace in the past few years. Joining me right now is Pennsylvania Congressman, member of the House Foreign Affairs, Financial Services and Small Business Committees, Representative Dan Muser. Congressman, it's great to see you this morning. Thanks very much for being here. First off, great to what with kind humor. of— always good to see you. I want to get your take on what you're hearing. What kind of a briefing you may or may not have gotten from the White House about these stunning new revelations that we had three flying objects shot down over the weekend after that enormous spy craft, the spy balloon, was shot down a week ago over South Carolina, uh, large enough to hold three buses in it. Uh, Do you have any information that you can share with us in terms of what the heck is going on right now?
4: Well, it's clearly very concerning. And, yeah, we received some briefings, some uh, uh, some classified, some not. One of the biggest problems is, is that um, we got a, a serious breakdown in our chain of command, uh, Maria. I think we've seen this in many international and domestic issues, incidences over the course of the last uh, two years. Um, they, they just can't get answers. I, I think there's delays. I, I think there's uncertainty. And yeah, in our in our, our classified, um, obviously, I can't share share that. But in um, even in, in general public, they can't even get their uh, their um, story straight. I mean, from the State Department to the DOD uh, to the uh, uh, to the um, NORAD uh, commanders, well, their, their stories I- aren't even straight. So it's really that's disheartening right. to say to least.
2: Yeah, that's right. And we know that uh, the uh, spy balloon a week ago was taking images of our nuclear installations and military complex. Uh, Michael McCall, the chairman of foreign affairs, told me yesterday that the balloon had antennas on it and was able to uh, have lots of technology enable it to snap pictures, images of the military installations. What What's behind this and what are your thoughts on the capabilities of that balloon?
4: Yeah, well, you know, uh, Mike McCall, I, I saw it. I rarely miss you on Sundays, but uh, Mike's a good friend and we, we certainly talk. And he received some some pretty high level uh, briefings. And what, what he shared was things that the uh, general public and the American people need to know. Uh, this thing was sophisticated. This thing was being driven. This thing was very deliberate. Uh, it went over the sites that were pre planned and were very, very, very military sensitive. So we, we have a serious issue. And the idea that it, it was left to just uh, carry out its mission, if you will. Uh, And then all of a sudden it became a national security threat once it came off our East Coast. So, again, a real breakdown in their decision making. And you see how they've been reacting to the others and they meaning the Biden administration. And this whole nonsense with uh, uh, we have such objects over over China. Let's face it, if if that were the case, we would have known we would have known a lot better what to do with these if if it was something that was uh, a a regular, um, a regular thing. So. Look, we, we just got to America. We got to look after our interests. It's very, very difficult having a president who has uh, no real strong decision making power. It's uh, it, it's like a boat without a captain, uh, a baseball team without a skipper, a football team without a head coach. Um, unfortunately, that's that's how I feel. And we um, we we've got to work on it. We've got to have a better and stronger, America, and China needs to know it.
2: Congressman, is, is the feeling within the Foreign Affairs Committee that all of these unidentified objects are from China? What happened this weekend? I mean, we don't know what these unidentified objects are this weekend. We don't have any guidance if this is a continuation of what the CCP has been doing or not.
4: I don't know. I've not received that information, okay. and I don't think uh, the White House— or our defense department, national security is is aware of exactly where those came from. Yeah, uh, wow. they're going to pick up the debris and find out from there.
2: Well, I'm even I'm even more scared now a- after hearing that the DoD may not know either. Uh, in the meantime, President Biden is slamming you and your colleagues, the Republicans. Uh, he did so during the State of the Union. Congressman, you say y- your colleagues want to sunset Medicare and Social Security. I spoke with uh, former White House adviser Stephen Miller on Sunday Morning Futures yesterday. And I want to get your take yep. on his advice for the Republicans, because he's saying, look, there was so much misinformation in that state of the union. The Republicans need to use the appropriations process to get to the bottom of what's really happening. Watch this. Yeah.
5: The appropriations process is how this will be settled. Every appropriations bill becomes a public referendum on this administration's corrupt and radical policies. The DHS appropriations bill is a referendum on open borders. The education appropriations bill is a referendum on critical race theory and gender theory. HHS on COVID tyranny and also gender theory. The Department of Commerce bill is a referendum on China and most favored nation status and our soaring trade deficit. And on and on and on. That's how you
6: beat Biden.
2: Can you do that, Congressman? What do you think about that? Can you stop funding to some of these agencies the way you and your colleagues did at the IRS rescinding that money so that Biden can't put 87000 IRS agents in place? What about most favored nations uh, status for China on trade? Can you change that with the appropriations process?
4: Yeah, well, the appropriations from the, the number of other issues you mentioned can certainly be done from, from education to the border uh, to uh, to to criminal activity, to to defense of our, uh, of, of, our of our domestic uh, uh, society. But and, and all of that can be done on a very specific basis, Maria. And that is what the plan is for our bills to be very specific. So there's no wiggle room uh, for Democrats yeah. or maybe some in the that Senate. Was-
2: who have, have issues
0: with that. All right. so right. We're,
2: we're going we're gonna to be watching your leadership on the appropriations process. It could be a good lever to pull.
0: It's one thing for you and I not to know what's going on. I mean, there are some things that happen. It's above our pay grade. It's above our title, and I understand that. It's classified, and there's an ongoing investigation that seems to be the way they excuse themselves from ever telling us anything. Oh, we can't comment. There's an ongoing investigation. That's the latest cop-out when they don't want to tell us something that is really important. This is very important. And this president is feckless because he hasn't come out and told us anything. He can tell us anything he wants to. He's not bound by any of that stuff. One U.S. official, another one. There's all kinds of uh, just pontification. Here's what we think it is. Here's what we think it is. One said yesterday, this increase in the military spotting and shooting down these objects in recent days, it may be due to enhancing radar systems. I don't know where this came from. Let me explain what he said. Quote, in light of the People's Republic of China balloon that we took down last Saturday, we've been more closely scrutinizing our airspace at these altitudes. That includes enhancing our radar, which may at least partly explain the increase in objects that we've detected over the past week. Now, what's he saying? It was probably happening every day, and we just didn't detect them. That in itself should scare the snot out of you, if it's true. Now, this came from Assistant Secretary of Defense for Homeland Defense and Hemispheric Affairs, Melissa Dalton, talking to reporters in a briefing. As we learn more about these objects, and certainly the PRC balloon, We're going to enhance our understanding of the characteristics of them. That will perhaps enable us to look back at prior instances that were potentially overlooked, she said. Dalton said the latest object, the one over Lake Huron, posed no threat to people on the ground, but that it, along with the two other objects shot down on Friday and Saturday, posed a threat to civilian aviation given the height at which they were flying. General Glenn Van Herk, who's the commander of NORAD and Northern Command in the U.S., said the takedowns of the objects over the last week marked the first such action in U.S. airspace. He said, I believe this is the first time within the United States or American airspace that NORAD or United States Northern Command has taken kinetic action against an airborne object. Do you believe that? I don't believe that at all. I mean, he's saying it's the first time we've ever done it. The lack of any specifics about these objects, boy, it's fueled all kinds of speculation about their origin or their intentions. The general was asked if he's ruled out extraterrestrials as being behind the incidents. Here's what he said. I'll let the intel community, the counterintelligence community, figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything. At this point, we continue to assess every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America. Well, I agree with him on that last statement. But you know what? Even if the president comes out and just makes us feel good, Our people are all over this. We're working hard. There are some things that we know, but we can't share yet because they're classified and involve others, and we're still investigating. But rest assured, none of this is going to hurt any Americans. We're, we're, We're very convinced that's a fact, and if it ever becomes that, we will definitely warn the American public. But as of now, there's nothing to be concerned about. If it's nothing but that, a president, any of our presidents in American history would do that and would have already done that. But this guy, oh my gosh, I just don't know. I just don't know. Meanwhile, other parts of our government are working full time. Do you remember back in the Obama administration when our IRS was targeting conservative groups and they did so by auditing them? And they did so in not processing 501c3 applications that gives tax-free status to an entity, a company, a charity, whatever. You remember when all that happened under Obama? Well, the IRS has subjected an elections nonprofit to a battery of prying questions about its policy positions, its language choices, and its methodology for arriving at correct opinions and conclusions prior to, peremptorily rejecting its application for tax-exempt status without appeal. So let's look back at when all this began. It was back in 2010. The IRS Exempt Organizations Unit, it was directed by Lois Lerner, remember her? What it did on Lerner's watch, it targeted the Tea Party and a bunch of other conservatives groups for, quote, intrusive scrutiny, effectively freezing them with lengthy audits. And it was politically motivated, no doubt. It was actually harassment. After it was exposed in 2013, the Obama administration claimed to find the IRS actions inexcusable. But after Lois Lerner invoked her Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination to avoid testifying before Congress and the House cited her for contempt, the Obama Justice Department declined to pursue any criminal charges. So that all just went away. After all, it happened when a Democrat decided to do that. And Democrats, oh my gosh, if they choose to do anything, it doesn't matter what it does to anybody else because they choose it, it's okay. So there's something going on right now, very similar to that one back in 2010. In an alleged targeting action, that's kind of like the learner scandal. The Biden IRS subjected election education nonprofit Adams Baldwin and Covey Foundation, abbreviated ABC to interrogation, the group believes infringed its speech rights under the First Amendment. The IRS questions are, quote, "further evidence that the Biden administration believes it has the authority to license thought and speech." And it doesn't. That's Phil Klein, founder of the organization. So these alleged improper questions were contained in an interrogatory the agency sent to the foundation, and of course they sent it in response to its application for tax-exempt status. The organization was instructed to respond to the questions under penalty of perjury. So what questions? Some of them reflect the far-reaching efforts by the Biden administration in collaboration with their allies in the corporate and nonprofit worlds to recast dissent from official affirmations of the invariant purity of U.S. elections as disinformation subject to censorship and even prosecution in the name of domestic security Or, as they lump all of it together and say, democracy. We got to protect our democracy. The thought police have found a home in the Biden administration. Klein said that. Talking about the enlistment of IRS enforcement muscle to curb any dissent. Examples of the questions and responses. Listen to this IRS, have you held a particular position or view? On certain issues or topics. If you do, please detail the position or views of your organization. And then here's Klein's response Please provide the justification for this request, and also whether similar requests are made of all nonprofit organizations addressing these and similar issues. ABC views the Constitution as an enduring document that honors in application the intrinsic value of each and every individual, achieved by respecting the inherent rights of the individual and the appropriate disbursement of government power. Elections provide an important expression of the power held by individual citizens and must, therefore, be transparent, inclusive, and accountable." So I think he answered the question pretty well. But the IRS wasn't finished. IRS, do you have any policy policies or guidance in place to avoid unsupported opinions or conclusions and inflammatory language in the activities? Now, did you get that? The IRS is actually, through the question, this question that they asked, they are basically inferring that if you're a not-for-profit, you've got to have policies in place to stop unsupported opinions, unsupported conclusions, unsupported inflammatory language in any and all of your activities. So I guess you know Klein didn't agree with that, and he replied with this, and I'm quoting the attorney Klein. ABC's mission is to respect the intrinsic value of the individual and thereby does not seek to denigrate people. Our work is subject to public scrutiny and challenge, and we consistently work to answer such challenges in the marketplace of ideas. Similarly, government must respect the expression of individuals particularly those with whom those presently in power disagree. ABC maintains this becomes difficult to do when government forces the exercise of its power on conforming thought and speech to such vague terms as inflammatory language, as doing so invites the arbitrary and capricious application of government power. The IRS, explain how you ensure that the contents presented in your educational activities are fair and unbiased facts that would permit an individual to form an independent opinion or conclusions based the facts presented. Klein, participation in ABC activities is voluntary, not compulsory, Persons are free to make up their own minds and free to access other sources of information. The IRS also asked who would run ABC's educational activities and how, and requested the resumes of the relevant personnel. Are you getting this? This is a simple application for a 501c corporation tax-free status. They want to see the names and resumes of the people that are going to run this educational entity. What would that make you feel? Big brothers coming down on you. Klein said he was immediately alarmed when he read the questions, noting they aren't proper questions, and that he's not the government and can't force people to attend the foundation's Educational activities. What does inflammatory language mean? His attorney submitted its application for tax exempt status on September 28, 2021. The attorneys say they didn't hear back from the agency until August 10th, of 2022, despite making multiple attempts in the interim to follow up on next steps. On that date, the attorneys received an IRS notice dated July 25th that the agency had rejected their application. Why? The IRS cited the nonprofit's failure to respond to its questions as the basis for its ruling, according to the foundation's attorney. The attorney said it wasn't until September 25th of 2022, they got a letter from the IRS dated May 23rd in closing the interrogatory for the foundation, which it was instructed to respond to by June 20th. Due to the belated arrival of their questions, Klein sent back his responses this month through his attorney's. Klein said that what is unusual about how the IRS has handled the foundation's application process is how long the agency took and the fact that they didn't appear to take the necessary steps to follow up to receive answers to their questions. Klein said that according to ABC's attorneys, there's an 18-month fundraising grace period while an application for tax-exempt status is pending. ABC responded to the IRS in good faith despite confusion over some of those questions and transmitted responses within that allotted 18-month window. So we went through the Lois Lerner attacks as the head of that division of our IRS against not-for-profit applications from conservatives but I will bet you if brother George Soros decided he was going to start still another 501c3, right now would be the right time. He could get it done from start to finish in one phone call. And I'm not joking about that. Nothing to joke about. We've been talking about it since before Joe Biden was elected. Get ready. Big government, big powerful government, anti-conservatism from top to bottom, seizing control of the American people through forcing the American people to adopt woke and totalitarian operations under the Biden administration. And guess what, folks? We're there. We're not going there. We're there today.
7: Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order?
8: Yeah, I'll have a pre-meeting pump-up, a Monday fixer, and a screaming boss
9: recovery.
7: So that's one peppermint mocha, one McCafe frappe, and one fruit smoothie?
2: Yep.
9: Name your drink. McDonald's has it. We're your destination for those special flavors that help you get through your day. Get any small McCafe smoothie, frappe, shake, or espresso drink for only $2. Even the delicious new peppermint mocha. For a limited time, price and participation may vary.
10: playing football you run up to 120 pitches you work out 650 muscles you withstand three times your body weight you treble your adrenaline production you raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute and in the end you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal this game is not a game Gatorade works, with no artificial colors or sweeteners.
1: Hi, Tom Bodet. quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays, at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then, when you get to Motel 6, you can check in, after you check in. Your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Beaudet from Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. I pass through the trees. I leave behind the mountains. I weave in the air. I fly over the birds. And I wish... When I complete my journey, I leave behind a better world. Honda Civic Hybrid, India's first hybrid car with iVTEC Tech engine. Leave behind a better world. Is the insanity making your head spin? Okay, let's sit down and figure this out. Together, again, Dan Newman.
0: Did you watch the Super Bowl? I'm sure most people that are Listening in today did, maybe not the whole thing, but a good part of it. The game was a really good football game. i I got to be honest with you. I know if you were a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I know a lot of Eagles fans, I know part of the ownership of the Philadelphia Eagles, you're disappointed. I get it. Somebody wins, that means somebody loses pretty much everything. That's kind of the way our life works, Right. We want to win every battle. We want to win every war, every conversation. That's kind of human nature. But if we win, that means somebody's got to lose, and sometimes that means somebody else is going to win, and you're going to lose. (laughs) In football, i got to be honest with you, my years in ownership in the Arena Football League, I did not handle losing very well. And you know, I heard my entire life growing up, you got to be a good loser when you lose. Somebody is going to lose every time. And if if your time is here and you lose, you need to be a good loser. So I've lived most of my life with this thought in my mind, show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. (laughs) I've just never been a good loser. Why is that? i got to be honest with you, everything in my life that I've set my mind to do, set my mind to achieve, I do it with one expectation, and I put all of the efforts and energy and the knowledge and the resources that's necessary to get there every time. So it's frustrating to me when I lose anything for those reasons and especially when those losses have included other people that have gone all in, just like I've gone all in. But guess what? That's life. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. We don't always win our battles or our wars. What we need to do, folks, is adopt an attitude, just like I told you, every time go full bore, go 100%. Do the very best in achieving whatever your objectives are and everything that you achieve. And if you don't win, objectively sit down and analyze the whole process and come up with an answer. Why did you lose? So we got somebody in Congress that uh, didn't really go well On the Super Bowl, that very attractive member of the House of Representatives from New York City, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she weighed in about the Super Bowl. I didn't even know she was a football fan, but apparently she was enough of one to watch. She did not believe, she said, that Jesus would support Super Bowl commercials that she claims make fascism look benign. And you may say, what the heck is she talking about? Well, if you watch the game, you saw two specific commercials that dealt with Christianity, period. And those two commercials, by the way, cost 10 million bucks apiece. We were put together and were part of the Super Bowl commercial group of commercials that ran. The Christian group is He Gets Us. And those ads showed Jesus as somebody with empathy for immigrants and poor people, but was also tired of the division in politics. AOC said, "Well, she—I don't know if she said it. She does what she always does. She tweets it." Something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. So let's let's, which she doesn't. She doesn't know. She had absolutely no clue who this group was that placed these advertisements. Well, I do. That campaign, it's not just one for the Super Bowl. It's an overall campaign to reach a lot of people. It's funded in part at least by the family behind Hobby Lobby, David Green, as well as Christian groups and other anonymous donors. Now, the ads were an effort to spread the message of Jesus specifically to LGBTQ plus people and other communities that have often felt unwelcome by Christianity. One commercial shows a slideshow of black and white images of migrants fleeing their homes to avoid persecution. The ad revealed that the story is actually about Jesus, his mother Mary, and her husband Joseph. The other ad shows black and white images of disputes between people over racial justice, pandemic lockdowns, and evil politics. That ad then states, Jesus loved the people we hate. It's part of the He Gets Us campaign. It was launched in March last year, plans to spend $2 billion dollars Over the next several years, two billion with the B. The ads direct viewers to a website that includes Bible readings, methods to chat with real people about religion, and information about Jesus. Okay, David Green. Let me just tell you this a little bit about Hobby Lobby, if you don't know anything about it. He founded it years ago. It is today the largest retail store that does what Hobby Lobby stores do on the planet. The largest. His stores, his corporation, have given in cold, hard cash and the gift of property to 501c3 charitable organizations that are doing work to help people all kinds of different ways. They have given, through the 25 years or so that Hobby Lobby has been in existence, $1 billion of cash and properties donated to 501c3s. I got to be honest with you. I'm a Christian. I believe I'm a strong Christian. I'm proud that I serve Jesus. I'm glad he's my Lord and Savior, and I'm not ashamed to say it. And when I just said that, it's it's being heard around the world as I say it. But there are a lot of people that don't feel that way. Jesus himself told Peter, if you remember, he asked he asked Peter if he loved him. And Peter said, "Yes, I love you, Master. And Jesus told Peter what? Feed my sheep. Now what does that mean, feed my sheep? It means give the people that show up in your life whatever they need to better understand what it is to live a life serving God. Now you don't have to dig very deep into Christianity to know that feeding The sheep in the world includes a lot of things besides just feeding them. It includes putting together an infrastructure to help them live life. Hobby Lobby has been doing that. By the way, AOC, they've got a long track record of that. And they're getting a lot of crap from people that think like AOC, kind of like the chicken place does. Hobby Lobby's closed on Sunday. Chick fil A is closed on Sunday. Why is that? The owners of both organizations want to give their employees the chance to do church on Sunday to be with their families. And that's something evil? Quote Something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. Christianity is fascism. That's a lawmaker. That's somebody that sits in one of those 435 seats in the House of Representatives every day, crafting legislation that a bunch of turn into laws. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine having somebody that feels that way, that hates it, when a wealthy conservative gives money promoting Jesus in ads? During the Super Bowl? Oh my gosh. What's this world coming to? I don't know. Interesting. We'll go straight from that story to this one. And kind of put both of them back to back after I get through telling you about this and tell me which one do you want to be a part of. Title of this story is Crime has risen under the watch of George Soros-backed prosecutors in six major cities. At least six large cities have seen crime spikes after the election of liberal prosecutors backed by the groups that have received funding from billionaire Megadona George Soros. Motor vehicle thefts, homicides, both have gone crazy in Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles, Dallas, St. Louis, and New York. And it's all happened since liberal prosecutors were elected with the help of funding from George Soros. How does he do it? He used shell organizations, affiliates, and pass-through committees like the Texas Justice and Public Safety Political Action Committee and Missouri Safety and Justice Committee. He just writes checks to them. They're all 501c3s that he started or somebody started and they started them because he said, hey, if you start this, I'll give you money that you can do to support our cause, which is to go soft, on lawbreakers. He spent at least $40 million in the last decade on prosecutors' campaigns, sometimes representing 80 and 90% of their total funding. My little bitty town here in Shrevesville, Louisiana, he backed an African-American lawmaker that's a good guy. He backed him when he ran for district attorney Two hundred and some thousand dollars. What's his qualification? Well, he's got some experience in lawlessness here, but he's African American and he's a Democrat. Experts believe policies championed by Soros-backed prosecutors have contributed to the increased crime, especially violent offenses. Policies of non-prosecution, which a lot of the prosecutors that he supported have put in place, contribute to crime, no doubt about it, especially to the extent they are triggered in cases involving repeat offenders. Now think about that. By refusing to prosecute crimes deemed low-level, cities are releasing repeat offenders, And they're disincentivizing their police for making arrests for crimes when they know the offender has been arrested before. Look at Philadelphia. I mean, it's falling apart. I love Philly. I've been there numerous times. It's a great city. But crime has gone nuts there. By the way, George Soros personally contributed more than a million dollars to the Philadelphia Justice and Public Safety Political Action Committee back in 2017. That organization is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on campaign media supporting Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner. His first election that year, and he supported a quarter of a million plus for re-election. Since Krasner took office, homicides, they're up 64%. Now, that comes from his office. Auto thefts more than doubled during the same time period. From around 5,688 back in 2017, listen to this, 2022, 15,000 of them. Homicides and motor vehicle thefts have relatively high reporting rates compared to other crimes. So you know these numbers are accurate, basically accurate. San Diego, Philadelphia, same size almost. Comparable access to crime because they are access points on major highways close to other large cities, yet they've got some pretty big differences in prosecution style. Krasner in Philly, Refuses to prosecute misdemeanors. He refuses to add enhancements. And there's the 31 career gang and homicide prosecutors that he fired the first day in office. So, in comparison to Philadelphia's Krasner, San Diego County District Attorney Summer Steffen's office prosecutes misdemeanors and aggressively pursues those repeat offenders. The difference between the two cities are stark. Crime has not gone up in San Diego, period. Stays the same and dropped in most categories. Why? Because there's a real prosecutor there that prosecutes crimes. Last year in the city of San Diego, 50 murders. Same size city, Philadelphia. Think about that. Same kind of infrastructure. Same kind of surroundings. Philadelphia had... 562 murders in 2021. San Diego had 50. And by the way, Philly's number, 562, highest number in recorded history. The Select Committee on Restoring Law and Order in Philadelphia, you can imagine what kind of people are on that committee. They placed at least some of the blame for the huge increase in homicides on their district attorney, Krasner. At the time of the report, the DA's office had withdrawn 65% of all violent crime cases. We could go on and on about numbers, but it boils down to this, folks. If there's no accountability for whatever, I don't care what it is, if there's no accountability for it, how do you expect? How do you expect to incentivize people to not act out their illegal acts that they're thinking about? How can you incentivize them? Anything goes. Fly by the seat of your pants. You see a car that you want, go steal it. You see a a watch that you want, just go bang a case in a jewelry store, break it open and get the watch that you want. No deterrent for crime. And that's why crime is off the charts across the nation. And it's getting worse every day. And it will continue to climb unless and until accountability is put back in the process and all these district attorneys... Sheriffs, state troopers, hold offenders accountable. If you don't have room in your jails, get the lawmakers in your town, your city, your state. Get them committed to create whatever it takes to house criminals. You've got to get them off the street. You're not going to get them off the street. Crime's not going to level off or go down for sure unless there is accountability built in to your law enforcement operation, and you're losing good people in the police force that are sick and tired. If the people that make the laws and enforce the laws aren't willing to do their jobs, it's just not worth it to go to work every day as a lawmaker. Somebody in law enforcement and know that you could get killed by somebody simply because the sheriff, the district attorney, won't enforce the laws that are passed. Does that sound a little bit familiar about what's happening down at our southern border? Or better stated, what's not happening at our southern border? Our president and his minions have just arbitrarily decided we're going to open the borders down there. We're not going to enforce the laws, and therefore, guess what happens? People keep coming. People are going to keep coming. Who's coming? Anybody and everybody. They don't do any background investigation before letting these people in. Why? The numbers coming are so astounding, so large. They don't have the time to do that. We're fortunate if they do get a name on a piece of paper, But hundreds of thousands and even millions of those people, we don't have those pieces of paper that we could do a little bit of investigatory work to find out their past. If we really wanted to, we couldn't do it anyway. If you don't have laws, you don't have a country. If you don't have borders, you don't have a a country. You're just a spot of, big spot of ground out there. You're just the stopgap between Mexico and Canada, who by the way, in many cases, are certainly enforcing their laws. They're not doing like our president's doing. That's just waving millions of illegals. Y'all come on in. We're glad to have you. No, by the way, we're going to take care of you so you'll feel real good about voting for us again.
1: In a world gone mad, Telling the truth is a bold move. Your anchor in this sea of chaos is TNN, the Truth News Network.
3: not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy
11: and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts by 2 and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase
1: fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner, buy two, get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit Supply, see store for details. All right, yeah.
7: oh, 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 all right.
0: So we have all these investigations going on now that we have a House majority and the various committees are finally peeling back all of the outside layers of these bureaucracies in government, these agencies, to find out exactly what's going on there. And one of the, the committees that is doing this, uh, several of our friends serve on. Elise Stefanik, she's a Republican representative from New York. And our buddy from right here in Shreveport, Bozier, Mike Johnson, Congressman, you hear him on the show all the time. In fact, he's due to come back aboard. He comes every few weeks. We'll get him here. But they're looking into what has been going on about the censorship, wholesale censorship of you and me on Twitter, on Facebook. Or YouTube, and who's behind it. So our House Judiciary Committee having hearings. And this is from Friday.
6: I want to echo the chairman. Thank you, Ms. Parker, for your extraordinary service and your courage for being here today. Mr. Turley, I want to start with you. The Twitter files laid bare for the American people what you correctly call unconstitutional, quote, censorship by surrogate. Matt Taibbi writes, quote, Twitter's contact with the FBI was constant and pervasive as if it were a subsidiary. Do you agree with that assessment?
11: I do. What we know on the record so far shows a relationship that goes beyond Uh, this sort of informal uh, um, exchange of ideas. You're Uh,
6: correct. In fact, isn't it true that leading up to the 2020 election, Twitter had weekly meetings with not just the FBI, with DOJ, with DHS, with DNI, to conduct this unconstitutional censorship by surrogate? We know that because the Twitter files, correct? Correct. And it was not just meetings, not just censorship of stories like the Hunter Biden laptop story. We also now know that the FBI paid Twitter over $3.4 million of taxpayer taxpayer funds to censor these stories before the 2020 election. Is that correct?
11: Uh, That money was paid. Twitter confirmed that
6: and this the twitter files are just the tip of the iceberg because there's so much more there was a corrupt revolving door at the highest levels between the fbi and twitter look no further than jim baker former general counsel at the fbi who helped unlawfully investigate donald trump in the 2016 election or look at jim comey's deputy chief of staff who became the director of strategy at twitter isn't it true according to the Twitter files, that there were so many FBI officials who then went to work at Twitter that they created their own Slack channel and crib sheet for onboarding. The Twitter files confirmed that, correct? Correct. Are you aware, as the American people are aware, that according to polling, of the people that were made aware of the Hunter Biden laptop story, 53% would have changed their vote, including 61% of Democrats. This is the definition of election meddling, and it's the definition of election meddling by the FBI on behalf of Democrats, paid for by the U.S. taxpayers. It's collusion, it's corruption, and it's unconstitutional. Ms. Parker, I want to go to you next about your experience at the FBI because this is not just about the Twitter files, which folks are focused on because of the news it made. It's about a systemic rot in the culture and the politicization of the leadership of the FBI, and it needs to be rooted out. Let's take a step back. Let's look at the targeting illegally of parents who wanted to stand up for their kids at school board meetings. On September 29th, 2021, the National School Boards Association sent a letter to Joe Biden equating parents at school board meetings to domestic terrorists. And on October 4th, Attorney General Merrick Garland issued a memorandum to the FBI and US attorneys that the department would use federal enforcement tools to target and prosecute these parents. Do you consider parents as domestic terrorists? I do not consider parents as domestic terrorists. No, I do not. No, and neither do the American people. But there's more to this story. It goes back further than that initial letter on September 29th. Because the letter didn't happen organically, it was solicited. It was solicited by the White House and by the Secretary of Education. Essentially, the Biden administration laid the predicate for which it used to justify illegally targeting the American people, targeting these parents. Is it proper protocol, as a former FBI officer, to set that predicate, to manufacture the reasoning, to justify opening investigation? I believe that no one should be targeted for free speech and that violence should never be tolerated under any circumstance, but it should definitely not, no one should be targeted because they want to speak up at a school board meeting. This was a setup. And it was the setup, and it's the real definition of weaponization of the government against the American people. And it's not just this example of targeting parents at School Boards Association. It goes back to the opening of Crossfire Hurricane. It goes back to the faulty FISA application. It goes back to what we heard on that first panel from Senators Grassley and Johnson. It goes back to the suppression illegally of the Hunter Biden laptop story paid for by the U.S. taxpayers. This corruption needs to be rooted out. And it's not just about protecting the U.S. Constitution. It is most importantly about protecting the American people from the weaponization of the federal government against them. Yield back. General
5: uh, Lady Yields Back. chair now recogn- Mr. Johnson is recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. A lot has been said here about the fear of threats, but what we're concerned about in the scope of this committee is the fear of threats to the American citizens. The reason we use the term weaponization is because it is appropriate. We have so many examples of that across so many federal agencies. that were designed to serve and protect the American people and have been used in recent years against them, that it will take us probably two years to uh, to lay that out. But I just want to focus on one that's been mentioned this morning because the timeline is important. Uh, The school board's issue. On June 22, 2021, Loudoun County parent Scott Smith spoke out at his local school board meeting, and he was arrested. On September 29th, citing Mr. Smith's arrest as an example, the National School Boards Association sent a letter to the Biden administration requesting federal law enforcement involvement in local school board disputes. Now, here's what's really important. We learn later that the White House helped the NSBA draft that letter to itself. On October 4th, Attorney General Merrick Garland issued the now infamous memo directing federal law enforcement to mobilize against the parents of school children who protest at their local school board meetings. He turned the FBI, the US Attorney's Offices, the full weight of the Federal Department of Justice against the very citizens they were sworn to defend and protect. On October 12th, we learned that the Loudoun County parent, Scott Smith's daughter, was actually sexually assaulted at her her school and that the school board covered it up and that was the reason why that dad showed up to protest nine days later october 21st happened to be the day previously scheduled for attorney general merrick garland himself to appear before our house judiciary committee in that hearing as my colleagues will remember he was forced to acknowledge before our committee that the nsba letter was the basis of his memo targeting concerned parents but he refused to acknowledge the obvious chilling effect that memo involving the full weight of the federal law enforcement apparatus would have on parents' protected First Amendment speech. He also, by the way, refused to commit to a mandatory, under federal law, mandatory ethics review of his own family's financial ties to advancing critical race theory in schools and its relation to his school board memo, and the obvious appearance of the conflict of interest therein. I encourage all interested citizens to watch the video of that hearing. It was pretty contentious. The very next day, on October 22nd, after much public outcry, the NSBA retracted and publicly apologized for its letter labeling concerned parents like Scott Smith as, quote, domestic terrorists. In the following weeks, over 20 different state school board associations severed their ties with the National School Boards Association. Our Democrat colleagues have tried to downplay the importance of this select committee and even criticized its name as hyperbolic. But as this example and so many others clearly show, key agencies have indeed been weaponized. We're informed even still today that that memo has not been retracted by the Attorney General. Here's the question, Mr. Baker, you were an FBI agent for 33 years and were involved in a lot of the important and noble work there, but you've also said clearly and been vocal about some of the egregious overreaches you've seen from the FBI and the DOJ. In recent years, you've described what has devolved into a culture of, quote, deceit and deception involving, quote, alarming FBI behavior. And you've written that those abuses threaten the liberties of those on the left as well as the right. Professor Turley just cited statistics here today that the large, there are large numbers of Americans who now distrust the FBI. Our task here is to determine exactly how that's happened and how to correct that framework. Mr. Baker, here's the question. In your testimony, you noted that FBI Director Mueller, a couple of decades ago, worked to centralize the FBI, meaning that he centralized all information and decision-making, making that at the FBI headquarters, as opposed to his predecessor's decentralized model, which empowered the field offices instead. Do you believe the elimination of all those layers of supervision, review, and independent judgment is a key reason for all this corruption we see today, and that it's something that must be reformed and reversed? Hit that button for me, if you will.
11: Yes, in fact, I do, Congressman. Uh, I don't use the term uh, corruption. The term, I think, is more appropriate that your colleague, uh, Congresswoman Stefanik, used, the rotten culture, the culture rot. And, uh, and specifically as regards the centralization, there's no question about it. Traditionally in the FBI, field agent ran, had an investigation. He had a field supervisor above him. Above him was the agent in charge of that office. Only then did the information and the decision making go to FBI headquarters. What happened under Mueller's centralized thing, all of that was eliminated. They ran these key investigations, the Hillary Clinton email investigation, and then the Trump collusion investigation, out of headquarters, eliminated all these layers of independent judgment, supervision, gone. So you had someone like, somebody mentioned his name already here, uh, Struck not only writes the communication opening the case, he goes the next day to London and connects the, conducts the first interview in the case. You have McCabe, a deputy director number two in the whole bureau directs the investigation and sends two agents to the White House to interview General Flynn. No levels of review. It was bound to end badly.
5: Thank you. I'm out of time. You'll back.
0: So there you have a picture of what's going on. Listen, these committee hearings that are happening every day in DC are very important. You may be you may be tempted to say, you know what, these hearings will go nowhere. They'll find fault. They'll be able to point fingers, place blame, and we'll have some truths that are unearthed that prove how bad it really is, even though we already know how bad it is, but nothing is gonna happen to them. I had a private conversation with Congressman Mike Johnson about that very thing. And I asked him, Mike, if you you do all these things and get all of this information out and the American people see it, I get it. But you guys don't have power to get anything done. You then, if you come up with some kind of legislation, you got to get it through the Senate. It's Democrat controlled. And even if you get it through the Senate, you got to have a president, sign it into law to make it real and give it teeth so it could be enforced. And you've got Joe Biden in the White House, and all of this has been happening on his watch. It even began back when he was vice president. He and Obama were implementing all these kinds of things. So how the heck do you think you're going to get the House, the Senate, and the White House to go along with this stuff? Well, here's what he said. The one thing that the House can do that nobody else can do is the House controls all the money, the government money that is spent. And he said, if we control that, new budgets come out all the time. And we can even go back in and reexamine examine the existing budget that we're operating on now as a government that was put in place before we had the majority re-examine it and alter it. We don't have to have Democrats with us to do that. So I said, "So what you what you mean is you'll be able to kneecap them if necessary, take their money away." That's exactly the point he said. So for those of us that are desperate, thinking the government's not going to do anything, even though we don't have sweeping power, when I say we, I'm talking about the American people, we don't have sweeping power to force the government, like this House of Representatives can now do because of the power of the purse. So there you go. We will continue on a daily basis to bring you some of these hopefully shorter snippets from uh, the house investigations, the committee investigations and hearings that are ongoing when they're really important for you to hear and understand. And listen, folks, they go to work early in the morning. They have these hearings pretty much all day long. They'll break to have a you know, a real session in the House. But these committees, this is where, remember I talked to you for, I guess, months and months and months about we've got to get, Congress has got to get back to regular order. You know how we weren't hearing anything about pieces of legislation until they came up for a vote? We knew nothing about them. Well, guess what? The conservative members, the Republican members in the House and the Senate, they are like us. They didn't have any information about it. Why is that? House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she rejected regular order, and so every piece of legislation, all those multi-trillion dollar spending bills that were passed in the House, they were put together by four or five House representatives, people that work for them, and even the Democrats never saw, never knew the details of all of that legislation until a couple of days before the vote took place. Now, thankfully, we're back to regular order. So what you just heard is one committee hearing, and there are multiple other ones going on, but what you're not hearing, and you just need to realize that it's going on, other committees and subcommittees are holding committee hearings now in which they are doing the things to craft laws. Speaker McCarthy, he puts these proposed bills now, instead of handing them to go into a back room to just write law, not even by elected people, but by people that work for these representatives, and then push it out to the Speaker To go vote on it, uh uh-uh. What McCarthy's doing is he's passing out these proposals, these proposed bills, and these committees and subcommittees are tearing them apart. They're finding the good stuff. They may be throwing out some of the bad stuff. There will be proposed amendments by Democrats and Republicans. They'll have people come in, hearings to the experts, and talk about them and get a product that is a good finished product, and then it can go back to Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, and he determines when it goes to the full floor to be discussed, debated, possibly amended again. Do you know there were no amendments, no proposed amendments allowed on any piece of Democrat Party legislation in the previous two years? Nobody talks about that. I got to be honest with you. That is the picture. That is the epitome of destroying democracy. And we hear the left say that every day at Republicans. The president, he says it all the time. Republicans, the actions that they're taking is destroying our democracy. What the Democrats have been doing for several years is thumbing their noses at the democratic process that is in our Constitution on how to conduct legislative work. Nobody's been doing that the right way because the Democrats in power have refused to do it that way. They have been governing as autocrats, which means that's a group of people that have seized total power of the government, and the people no longer have say so in what happens. That's where you live in today, and you probably didn't even know about it. Wow. So, part of this problem is this real big push to the left in the wokeism. The woke crowd, where once again a group of people determine who's good, who's bad, what policies are good, what policies are bad, who thinks this that's good, and who thinks that that's bad, and creating this big line in the middle and throwing you over on the bad side if you dare disagree with them. You're not woke. So what's going to happen? You think this thing can last? Do you think they can keep pushing and pushing and make wokeism become the order of the day and everybody has to abide by what the wokesters think is right? Jordan Peterson. You know who he is. You may know him by name. He's from Canada originally. And he formerly was a hardcore leftist. But over a period of years, by watching and learning and listening, he's on the other side of the fence now, and he is aggressively talking about it. So let me ask you this. What do you think will happen if we as Americans just go to sleep? We don't even worry about what's going on over there, what the leftists are doing what kind of laws are being crafting, what kind of laws are being ignored, what is the commander-in-chief doing, all those things. If we as conservatives just go along with them and don't do anything, what do you think is going to happen? Jordan Peterson weighs
9: in. Do you know what happens? If we don't stay on that path of knowing what our rights are, knowing what we believe and why we believe it, they will keep a coming. They will keep a coming with the lies. They will keep a coming with the lockdowns. And they will keep coming with, with far worse things. Uh, Jordan Peterson actually talked about some of those far worse things with Rita Panahi on Sky News Australia.
2: Do you think what we did during COVID could usher in our version of a social credit system? Oh, yes,
10: definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's and that high, highly will, probable.
2: And that it will be accepted by many people because, again... They won't even notice. yearning for safety. They, they won't notice even. Yeah.
10: yeah. You, you can't believe how much people don't know these things. When I went to the UK, I talked to some people from the House of Lords. This is within the last six months. The most astute of the people sitting in the House of Lords had only become aware of the woke movement in the last 18 months. Oh, yes. You, you just can't believe how much this is not on people's radar not someone like you can't believe that at all because it's on your radar all the time that's not you live in a world that's on the cutting edge of this sort of thing it's like people have no idea it's like well why not have a digital passport i mean you know how convenient it's like fair enough and you can understand that wouldn't it be nice if we could pay for everything with our phones it's like wouldn't it be nice if the central government who's woke oriented and makes carbon dioxide remediation the priority, knows exactly what you spend on everything so they can target you tax-wise with precision. It's like, oh, didn't think about that. It's like, yeah, yeah, you sure didn't. And oh, yes, it's highly probable. It'll be a miracle if if we escape from that. You can see these signs of this everywhere. You know, when you go through airports now, there's a lot of automated barriers. You show your passports. Like, well, these are automated barriers. What if... You can't go through them. Well, that's the situation for many people in China. It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to argue with the machine? Like You just cannot imagine how screwed you are. There isn't. It's way worse than anything Kafka ever imagined. Because at least with Kafka, there was bureaucrats, faceless though they may have been, they were at least still human. Once the machines can lock you out, oh, 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 you are in such trouble. And we're speeding towards that with, uh, with an immense lack of,
9: of care. Mm. You see why it's important to be awake? I would say if you watch this show, you're probably an edge case on the front end of this, as he described to Rita, meaning that you, you are aware of some of this stuff. You probably didn't lose your mind over the couple of years, even though we were all given these horrific choices to make about going to work or being vaccinated or all these things. But we saw some of the stuff. We were willing to question some of the things, all of those things. And a certain amount of people aren't. And then a certain amount of people, as Jordan's laying out, will one day after the digital passports are in and all of the stuff, they'll get to the airport, they'll scan their thing and the machine will tell them, no, you can't get on that plane. You liked this video or you did this or that or we're freezing your bank account. So all of these tests have been running throughout the West. It, It just is, guys. But now, Elon is exposing it. And that should give you some serious freaking oomph behind your desire to keep going.
0: It's out there. They couch it so that it really looks cool. It really sounds cool. Man, as Jordan Peterson said, just think about it. You travel a lot overseas? I've traveled a bunch overseas. Not a lot, I wouldn't say. But one of the most aggravating things is, is going through the passport lines to get into these places. I mean, they look at you, the people behind the window that you slide your passport underneath the little slot there, and they take it, and first thing they do is they scan your passport, just like they do when you go to the airline, when you have your boarding pass, and then they look at it, and they look at you. They never smile and they start asking their questions and it's just it's it's just very very uncomfortable even when you you have nothing to hide you're just coming in to visit or to go to work there you're just doing what you're supposed to do as a productive human being on planet earth you know and then they just go crazy oh my gosh oh you're evil That's the impression that you get. That's wokeism. That, my friends, is what wokeism is about. It's giving unilateral authority to some entity, some group, or as Dave Rubin there and Jordan Peterson said, some machine that can make all the calls, right or wrong. You're plugged into it. You're in a database now. You don't have a face anymore. You don't have a persona anymore. You're all digital now. That's where we are, folks. And don't think don't think for a second it's not real because it is real. We're going to have to deal with it. When are we going to deal with it? How are we going to deal with it? We're going to take a break on the other side of it. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about exactly those things that are happening right now in your country. Wokeism is taking over the process of changing the face of this nation over just a four-year period. That's on the other side
9: ABC tonight it's all about big cash Here we go And big crash <laughs> On the new season of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune One star will spin it Give me some To win it all The big winner of one million dollars Then host Leslie Jones is off to the races on Supermarket Sweep
8: On your carts Get set And
9: we're going to need a clean up on every aisle You are on fire It all starts tonight 87 7 central on ABC and stream on Hulu
4: dinner 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 every day you have to think of what's for dinner well now subway has a solution that is sure to please every person you have to feed for that last meal of the day it's called dinner tonight every day after 4 p.m subway is offering a dinner tonight special which includes two regular six inch subs two bags of chips and two 21 ounce fountain drinks all for just 11.99 this offer is available all day long on sundays subway of kodiak eat fresh
0: It's mycomputercareer.edu.
1: No identity politics. No political elitism. Read and hear the truth, always sourced from facts. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network.
0: We're pretty darn good about doing that, coming up with facts for you. Good, bad, ugly, but what we do is we pass them out and then you just either digest it You talk about it, you think about it. You could even, when we talk about them, call here and discuss them. And we're in the middle of some things right now that are pretty big. I mean, really big things. I can't remember a time in my life, even when Watergate was going on, or even when I was a little bitty kid, I remember uh, the Russians bringing nukes to Cuba when John F. Kennedy was president. And we almost had Cuba with nuclear missiles less than 85 miles off the southern coast of the United States. I think we're in a time now where it is more precarious than it was even then. Now, I wasn't alive in World War II. In fact, the war had been over almost a decade before I was even born, but my point is that was... was I guess, the epitome of wars in American history. Because at the same time, simultaneously, we were operating a war in Europe against Adolf Hitler, the Nazis, and against the Japanese in the Pacific side. So we had two wars going on simultaneously. And how did we put ourselves in a position to push back both sides of those totalitarian regimes, you know how we did it? With unity. We unified as one people, as one nation, ruled by what? Laws that were passed dutifully by the Congress, those people that serve in the House and the Senate, and then they crafted a bill, agreed on it. They had... Did the whole thing. You know, they amended it, they deleted things, they added all of those things. But they sent them to the president's desk and he signed them into law. They took emergency actions and they pulled together in unity to tackle those two tyrants. I today can't see a picture in my mind where we if we needed to, could do the same thing today because we are so divided. And one thing that's dividing us is this huge rush, this huge push coming from the left to open up our borders and just let anybody come in. I've got several things I want to talk to you about that. A refugee from Ukraine. Now, this is not coming across our southern border. This was a refugee from Ukraine that came from Europe to us. This guy has a prior drunk driving conviction. He's just now been ordered to be deported by a federal immigration judge. Why? He was acquitted on all charges of negligent homicide for the deaths of five United States Marine Corps veterans and two of their loved ones. This wreck happened back in 2019 in June. This refugee, Volodymyr Zhukovsky of Ukraine, he was charged with seven counts of negligent homicide for allegedly killing five Marines and two of their loved ones when his trailer hitched to his pickup truck hit the motorcyclist. Zhukovsky... In August of 2022, he was acquitted by a jury on all charges. Now, he's being deported to Ukraine by a federal immigration judge. And he's going to be going any day now. Those seven Americans were riding motorcycles together as members of the Jarheads Motorcycle Club. That's a group of Marine Corps veterans, their spouses, and loved ones. At the end of the crash... Zhukovsky originally entered the U.S. on September 18, 2006, as a refugee from Ukraine. We didn't know anything about it until after this all happened. He was later able to adjust his refugee status in 08, and he got a green card. More than a month before the crash, this Ukrainian refugee was arrested in East Windsor, Connecticut, after he failed a sobriety test. Despite being arrested for drunk driving the second time since 2013, Zhukovsky's driver's license wasn't suspended and was valid when he hit and killed seven American motorcyclists. That rule of all things, rule of law. And so let's go down to the southern border for a chat. For a few minutes. We've got about 20 minutes left in today's show. In an interview with Fox News Channel that was aired on Friday, Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz stated that the January border numbers represent a trend in the right direction, but there has been, according to him, a huge spike in Chinese nationals and stated that the AeroStats, whose numbers are being reduced by the Biden administration, are certainly an advantage for us. And so we're going to try to do everything we can to fund those AeroStats for as long as we can. Ortiz, he said the Border Patrol saw a big decrease in what we saw last year. And we were also able to decreased the gotaway numbers significantly. So those are the numbers we want to trend in the right direction. Griff Jenkins. If you watch Fox News, anytime there's southern border stuff going on, you'll see Griff. He's down there with them all the time. Griff said, you've got Chinese. A huge increase. It appears across the border right now. Ortiz responded, yep, we've seen a spike in Chinese nationals. Jenkins then asked, you're losing aerostats, the eyes in the sky. How much will that impact you, and do you need those tools? Ortiz answered, anytime we have technology out there, it provides us the situational awareness so we can be able to make those interdictions right on the border, in the immediate border area. It's certainly an advantage for us, And so we're going to try and do everything we can to fund those aerostats for as long as we can. I'm just keeping you informed. Draw your own conclusions about it. So right in line with that, the head of ICE, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, a guy named Tay Johnson, he fessed up. He admitted to major errors in illegal immigration data recently exposed by one news agency, and that's according to a letter that the agency sent to Republican Texas Rep. Pat Fallon. Daily Caller. Daily Caller. If you don't look at Daily Caller news, you should subscribe to it because they're really all over news and pretty much fashion faster than some of the big agencies. Anyway, the Daily Caller discovered that ICE provided the public with erroneous data, underreporting the number of illegal immigrants released into the country without any tracking technology, and they missed it a little bit. Guess how much they were off? They're off. They missed it. By 18,000%. And misreporting the number of illegal immigrants tracked with GPS technology by roughly uh, 600%. Fallon first sent a letter to D.H. Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas requesting answers about the issue on December 19th, then again on January 26th. Johnson's letter followed an apology. We're sorry. We missed the numbers just, you know, a little bit. 18,000% and 600%. But we're trying I strongly emphasizes there was no intent to suppress or mislead elected officials, the public, or symposium participants. This mishap was due to an oversight. Yeah, right. You miss it eighteen thousand percent and the other stat you missed it six hundred percent? That's from oversight? The data provided at ICE's ATD Symposium December 1st were correct, and ICE made corrections to ICE.gov by December 2nd, the next day. These data are refreshed biweekly except for court appearance data, which are refreshed every month. Tay Johnson, he's this director, He blamed the error involving the number of illegal immigrants released without tracking technology on a surge in illegal crossings at the southern border, as well as supply chain issues that made it difficult for ICE to get tracking technology. As for data regarding non-citizens released without tracking technology, during the summer of 2022, an increase in U.S. Border Patrol arrests and ATD technology supply and aid issues led to ICE releasing non citizens on the southwest border without that technology and later reevaluating the case for technology once they reported to ICE. This, that's just gobbledygook. That means nothing. This change led ICE to report data on non citizens released without technology in addition to those released with technology. This is according to the ICE head, Johnson, Tay Johnson. As ICE ingested the data into its databases, the data for non-citizens released with a GPS device and those released with no technology was reported in a similar format. This resulted in an oversight between our two contractors that initially led ICE to report inaccurate data. Once ICE was made aware of the data reporting error, it was immediately rectified. Yeah, right. ICE implemented the Alternatives to Detention program back in 2004 to monitor illegals released in the country awaiting years-long court proceedings. The program, it employs a bunch of forms for trapping, including ankle monitors and cell phones. Johnson argued the program is effective in getting illegal immigrants to show up in court for hearings. In the first three months of this fiscal year, the 507 hearings held for illegals and alternatives to detention with monitors, 500 saw attendance. Now, this is according to Ty Johnson. For those in the program tracked with other kinds of technology or no technology at all, there's more than 99% hearing appearance rate during this same time frame. I question the validity of those numbers. However, there's more to the data on court appearances that tells the full story. This is according to former Acting Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan. This is what he said. The data he provided was factual. There's nothing indicating it's not factual. But again, what Congress needs to ask is the real crux of the question is regardless of if they show up or not, How many are actually removed once they get a court order of removal? And the answer to that is almost zero. Mark Morgan previously served as the ICE director himself. And guess what's happening now? ICE is employing methods to reduce trafficking of illegals, according to the Daily Caller. Under the Biden administration, ICE has increased its reliance on a phone application that only knows the location of an illegal immigrant at certain times while lessening its reliance on those GPS monitoring things, which tracks illegal immigrants at all times, according to ICE data. What's happening is that the Biden administration is trying to move away from any form of serious monitoring under ATD to instead use this program as a way to provide services to illegal migrants to make them more comfortable while... They're here. In fiscal year 2021, ICE tracked only 79,480 illegal immigrants with SmartLink and 29,000 with GPS monitoring. The next fiscal year, ICE tracked a quarter of a million illegal immigrants using a SmartLink and only 9,300 with GPS monitoring. Fiscal year 2023 was consistent with the previous year. ICE says it's tracking today 280,089 illegal immigrants with SmartLink and 5,700 with GPS trackers. Currently, SmartLink costs you and me, you know, we taxpayers, a little over a quarter of a million dollars every day. $268,885.44 a day to be exact. Quarter of a million every day. What does that mean? Well, divide four into 30 and what do you come up with? Seven, seven and a half million dollars. Is that right? Let me do a little math real quickly. 268,000 times 30. I was wrong. It's eight, $8 million every month. GPS monitoring cost them $16,000 every day. What's happening is that the Biden administration, they're trying to get away from any form of serious monitoring under that alternatives to detention, the ADT, ATD, to instead use this program as a way to provide services to illegals to make them more comfortable. This is not an enforcement program at all. It's a social services program for recently arrived illegals. And it's costly, and it's undermining the integrity of our immigration system. It's, in effect, the next step after giving all these illegal arrivals parole. That makes it easier for them to get in, makes it easier for them to stay, it's like, come for parole, stay for the wraparound services. Since ATD relies on intensive supervision appearance program contractors to monitor these illegals, they don't have the staffing to continue to conduct home visits and keep track of the GPS monitoring. Therefore, the app is the most efficient Least cost-effective way to monitor. With humanitarian groups complaining about how inhumane GPS monitors are for people who are asylum seekers. Let me ask you this. What is inhumane? You came illegally. You're here illegally. You broke the law. And because our government, law enforcement, want to know where you are to make sure... You're where you're supposed to be. That's inhumane. In a Wednesday letter last week to Texas Republican Representative Pat Fallon, ICE deputy director and senior official performing the duties of the director, Tay Johnson said that the agency has had success with alternatives to deportation compliance. The data Johnson gave as evidence of success, however, is misleading. Of the 507 hearings illegal immigrants enrolled in ATD with GPS monitors, 500 showed up in the first three months of fiscal year 2023. Johnson wrote that, adding there's a more than 99% hearing appearance rate during that same time frame for those tracked with other forms of technology. Scott argued, Rodney Scott, that the data only accounts for an illegal immigrant's initial hearing while an illegal immigrant is enrolled in ATD, which is when they typically can get work authorization and it doesn't account for the following court appearances and or after they've been taken out of the program. In other words, folks, our government doesn't have a clue where these people are, what they're doing, at all. There are so many coming in. It's impossible to enforce these programs that they put together. Doesn't that sound like the federal government to you? Something's not working. Well, what we need to do is we just need to put a program together and taxpayers are going to have to pay for it because they want us to make sure we know where these illegals are and what they're doing, and we can't do that unless we have another program in place. There are so many programs. I mean, I get tired of giving you the names of all of these programs when we talk about what's going on. Why would they do that? I just don't understand why they refuse to enforce the laws. That's all it takes. Do the right thing. Do the legal thing. Now one more thing. You know Joe Biden. He's been called out. After he called out. In his State of the Union message. Evil Republicans. What you want to do. Is you want to cut Social Security and Medicare. And ever since, people have been going crazy. that's Those evil Republicans, that's what they want to do. And they've been screaming and hollering it. Well, who's really been doing that? Who was doing that? In the primary for the last presidential election, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, they were up on stage, one of those televised Q&As, Listen to this back and forth. Bernie Sanders accusing Joe of doing what he's accusing Republicans of doing right now. Did you know that? Let me ask you a question, Joe.
3: Yeah. You're right here with me. Yeah. Have you been on the floor of the Senate? You were in the Senate for a few years. Yeah. Time and time again talking about the necessity with pride about cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, cutting veterans programs. No,
10: You never said that? No. When I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. Look, here's the
3: deal. You're an honest guy. Why don't you just tell the truth here? We all make mistakes. I I am telling the truth. And I not only
10: tried it once, I tried it twice. I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time.
3: Joe, let me repeat it again. I want you just to... Be straight with the American people. I am saying that you have been on the floor of the Senate time and time again talking about the need to cut Social Security, Medicare, and veterans programs. Is that true or is that no, not No, it's true? Not, true. What is it, not true. That is not true?
10: That is not true. I meant right. veterans, Man, I meant every single solitary thing in the government.
3: Everything was on the table. I did not support any of those cuts in social security or in veterans Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you everything was on the table. All right, you're right. You just said it. Including in your judgment cuts the social security and veterans. In order to get the kinds of changes we need on other okay. things related Joe, then but you it just didn't, but we did not cut it. I, I know because people like me helped stop that. All that I would say to the American people, go to YouTube. It's all over the place. Joe said it many, many times and I'm surprised You know, you can defend that or change your mind on it, but you can't deny the reality.
0: Well, we've got it here, and we will keep it for you and everybody else. Anytime Joe Biden comes out and he says, hey, I never did it. It's those evil Republicans. We'll remind him here at TNN Live. That's a wrap on the show today. Thank you for being here. We've got a lot ahead of us, a lot going on during this week, especially later in the week. So stay close. Let me ask you a question, Joe. Yeah. You're right here with me. Yeah. Hey, Bernie, you already got your chance. Sit down and be quiet. We'll call on you later when we need you again. (laughs) You guys have a great day. We will see you tomorrow. Just be happy. You may want to dance a little bit, too. Huh?
8: I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. Off to my city, off to my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops can't take my eyes off it, moving so phenomenally. Come on, like the way we rock it. So don't stop. I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body When it, it drops